Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. And, and, and I, I sit here on this Wednesday and I find myself thinking with the assembled members of the hashtag crew around me, my beloved collection of sports colleagues, um, that this is really a special week. That every now and again, sports gives us something really enormous. And it doesn't happen all the time. Like, we get championships decided every single year, right? Every year, someone wins the Super Bowl, and that someone's going to win the NBA championship this year, and I'm going to be there to be a, you know, a part of the broadcast. I couldn't be more thrilled. Every year, someone wins the World Series, all the rest of that. But there are very few games or events in sports that are just bigger than anything else. They come along every now and again. Sometimes we don't know they're coming, which is to say when Tiger won the Masters in 2019, we didn't know it was coming. I was down there. No one was talking about on Thursday, oh, well, Tiger's going to win, and it's going to be the biggest thing that's happened in sports in a generation, and then it happens. Sometimes we see it coming. I can't fathom a bigger college game than we get on Saturday night. If you're a sports fan, what more could you ask for than this? This is as big as it could possibly be. Like, I'm a person who fancies myself a wordsmith. I like coming up with words for things. I live on thesaurus.com. Everything I write, anytime I write, books, anything I'm doing, I'm constantly, I always have one window open on that because I'm looking for synonyms to come up with words. What words do we use to describe, what adjectives accurately describe the magnitude of North Carolina versus Duke Saturday night? I don't know how to do it. One way we measure these things is by how much it costs to get in the building. And Hembo found this for me from the Raleigh News and Observer. Seats at StubHub for this game are $32,825 if you want to sit down by the court. Thirty-three grand basically to sit down by the court. Twenty-two grand for a courtside view. Cheapest courtside seat on StubHub is twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> Cheapest. The lowest get-in price they have is $379. This is, they're playing this game in a football stadium, <laughs> to be clear. Have you ever been to the Final Four? I've not. Very overrated event as a, as a spectator, by the way, unless you are sitting in one of those seats. Because I can tell you I was not. And, I mean, the action was a rumor. But that's, that's neither here nor there. This game on television, which is how the overwhelming majority of us are going to experience it, has absolutely everything you could ask for. So I want to check in on two thoughts. The first was on my beloved Bubba, who's been with me for more than a decade. And Bubba, I've accused him many times of being a front runner, of being one of these fans that I cannot stand because he roots for all of the teams. And his favorite teams are the Cowboys and Duke. And what's the other one that always makes me mad? What's the other team you would well, for? the Mets are the other one. No, but the Mets is not that. That's uh, really the, it. I don't... The Mets, I almost feel sorry oh, the for The UConn you. women. Uh, <laughs> whatever it is. But one way or another, the Duke you actually have a, a legitimate connection to, which is what your family was friends with the Hurley family right, in New Jersey. Jersey. City, yeah. So, so you Great actually connection. have a long stand. So you, have, you named your dog Hurley. Do I have that right? Yep. Yep. So you, you are... Wore, war number 11, favorite player. Yep. Your Duke fandom is legit. So I check in with you here four yep. days before the game. How we feel... How Nervous? Are you feeling? Feeling feeling pretty confident. Um, I, I'm I'm feeling good. I think uh, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna win. I think uh, I think there's just so much pressure that just it's just the storyline is written. That there's just no possible way they can lose because I think like we were saying the other day, Coach Jay's gonna have to come back and he's just not gonna allow that to happen. So I think 
I think uh, I think they're going to win because there's just, there's just no way they can possibly lose to UNC. And and honestly, the way it's set up is they could beat UNC and then play Kansas in the championship, which is where they they won their first title again. So the storylines are just unbelievable. So I'm feeling confident. Looking forward to it. It's going to be unbelievable. But Nuno's the one who's going to be crying. Well, we'll, we'll see. Now, Nuno's going to be crying because he's just a hater and he doesn't like Coach K because Coach K is successful. And he doesn't like – Nuno just generally doesn't like successful people. However, Nuno, my main man Hembo here has a, a fascinating question that he raised to me in the office this morning, and I'd like you to ask it now to the group, Hembo, when we will let Nuno answer first. Greeny, I think this game is the perfect proxy for what kind of sports fan – you are. Are you a romantic or are you a cynic? Because the romantic wants Coach K to ride off into the sunset on a white horse by beating his arch rival in the final four, and then you make a movie about it, right? Right. The cynic wants Coach K to end his career in the worst way possible, losing to an eighth-seeded Carolina team with a first-year head coach after they spoiled his last game at Cameron. So are you a romantic or are you a cynic? I'm not even sure we need to bother asking that question to Nuno, but I will anyway. <laughs> the Nuno. only – so here, the only way it gets better, Hembo, is last week was the 30 in, 30th anniversary of the – was it the Christian Leitner shot? Mm-hmm. Um, can we set that up? Like, can he lose that way on Saturday night where there's a – you know, a ridiculous play, something of that nature. That's the only way it gets better. Patino still has Patino has won champion multiple championships and has still not gotten over that play, that game because he didn't put anybody in the inbounds passer. For, for, if there's three people who don't know what game we're talking about, Grant Hill throws a, a, a three quarters of the length of the court pass to Leitner, who knocks down a shot to to put uh, Duke into the Final Four. Uh, that year in knockout Kentucky, and that was the game that Leitner was perfect. I think he was 10 of 10 from the floor and 10 of 10 from the line, but he lets Grant Hill throw that pass without anybody jumping in front of him, and you ask Patino to this day, it still eats at him that he allowed that to happen. That said, so now you know everything you need to know about Nuno. Not only does he want Coach K to lose, he wants him to lose in the most excruciating (laughs) fashion possible. I... And the opposite. I probably would have rooted in a vacuum for Carolina in this game. If you've been listening to me for a long time, you know my son at one point in his life fell in love with Carolina. That's kind of dissipated. But he fell in love with Carolina. We, he met Roy Williams at a, whatever. Roy had us down there. Stevie got to go to a practice. We got to go to a game. Stevie lived and died with Carolina for a while. And I've always maintained a little bit of that you know, inside me because I'm a dad. Um, I, I, I like both schools. I like both programs. I loved Coach Roy. I know Hubert a little. I like Coach K. I'm a big Coach K fan. I think in a vacuum, I would have rooted for Carolina. But for the reasons you just described, I am rooting for Duke. Because now maybe as the game goes on, I'll find myself changing. Does that ever happen to you? That as a game is being played, you find yourself rooting the opposite way you expected to or the opposite way you were before it began? Yeah, and it happens you know, sometimes in one of the five movies that I've seen as well. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. Very common. So, so I find, I might find, I don't know how I'll feel as the game is going on. But I can tell you that I am rooting for Duke because I just don't want to see it end like that for Krzyzewski. He's an all-time great who I think has been a, a genuinely great person. Um, has done for everything that people like to knock about him. He's done 50 good things for every one thing he's gotten wrong. And this would be the worst loss I could ever imagine. 
Of course, it doesn't undo his legacy. It doesn't undo the things he's done. But boy, it spoils the ending. I mean, it is such a bad. I can't fathom a worse ending. Whose career ended worse? Who else? Who had a worse last game than that? Let's think that through. Did Bill Buckner ever play again? <laughs> he did. <laughs> okay. But that would be a good a comment. Who, else, a who had a worse last game than that? I, I can't think of one. Bubba, Nuno, anyone. Can you think of someone whose last game was worse, whose career ended worse? I mean, a genuine and a great. Bill Buckner was a terrific player. No one knows that. No one knows that Bill Buckner was an excellent player. Everyone only knows that that little roller got by him and was behind the bag. That's all anybody knows. Buckner would, but but he played again. Who who had a last game? Who of mag of, of significance had a last game? I can see Nuno is frantically googling. What comes yeah, I up? Know. I don't know think. who to put. What could be worse, Bubba? What put into words as a Duke fan? How bad it will be if Shashevsky loses this game? I mean, it would just be like not only would it just be bad just as the fan, but you mentioned we we were talking about yesterday. Like every former player is going to be there. He, he, they're doing this for not only all the fans, all the players, but every single former player. And for them to lose would just be so heartbreaking and brutal. You honestly have to consider just coming back next year. Like, I mean, like I mean, it. About. I don't even think that's so far fetched. Like you, he could lose if, if he had. If this team took him on this magic carpet ride to the Final Four, and they were to lose too, Kansas, Villanova, Kentucky, you insert any other team you want there. It would still be a happy ending. Right. Any other team, it wouldn't matter. This would not only undo everything they did this year, but it would be the worst loss they've ever had. It's the biggest game they'll ever play, and it would be the worst loss they've ever had. Did you come up with one? Yes. How about Dan Marino? His last game ever, a 62-7 to loss in the playoffs to yeah. Jacksonville. I do. I remember the game. It's pretty bad. Um uh, yes, that's bad. That was the last game he ever played. <laughs> that's bad. That, 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 that's bad. It's differently bad. Like, it is a terrible loss. It's a terrible way to lose. It's not quite this level of bad. I mean... <sighs> Nothing could rise to this level. What could rise to you this? Could, you could not it invent It would be like something. Nick Saban losing the national championship game to Auburn in his last game. Right? Mm-hmm. On another kick six. Uh, on another, right. I mean, uh, exactly. On the kick six. I mean, that, that was, if the kick six had been for the national championship, and that was his last game, <laughs> like, it would be that. Nick would come back. I, I wouldn't put it Patch Coach K to come back. He's just got, what's the name of the guy? John Shire, who's taking over, right? John, mm-hmm. John, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I, you know what? I think John would be like, all right, we're good here. You got to do it. You have to coach one more. We can't let it end like that. How about if Brady at like 50 beats Belichick in the Super Bowl? That'd be pretty good. That'd be bad for, for Belichick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be really bad. I, like, like, yes. I think for Belichick to lose to Brady, even that wouldn't be as bad as this. I really don't think so. I, I don't think it would be as bad as this. There's everything in the world at stake in this game. And that's why I said there's as much pressure on this collection of kids. And that's what most of them. These are kids. These are 18. The best players on this team are 18 and 19 years old. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Quickly, Hembo had one other analogy or one other example of what could be a worse, quote-unquote, worse way to go out than Krzyzewski were he to lose Saturday night against Carolina. Yeah, I'm going to give you Muhammad Ali, who, whose career ended famously bad, I suppose. His second-to-last fight was against Larry Holmes, which I, I, it was 1980. He, he got was, bludgeoned. Yeah. Yes, it was, bad. it was hard to watch. That was his second-to-last fight, a loss, of course. And then his last fight was against... Uh, Trevor Burbick, Canadian, who's, who's best known for beating Muhammad Ali, in the only known fight. for beating Muhammad yeah. Ali. He, he, here's what I will say: Yes, he did. It didn't end well, but that was more of a Willie Mays not ending well kind of thing. He didn't lose to Frazier in his last fight. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, he, he didn't lose to his arch rival. He fought Frazier three times and beat him two of the three. That would be like if he lost. To, if he got just humiliated by Joe Frazier in his last. I'm just trying to think of what, what could possibly no, right. be this kind of level. That's right. Um, you know, if in Larry Bird's last game, Magic Johnson dominated or something like that. It's just so hard. Pro sports are so different from college sports also because there's just series and more different things that go on. Uh, this just ha- there's a uniqueness to this. Just the magnitude of the game, I think, boggles the mind. I, I am super excited about this and and looking forward to watching it. And, but I will tell you right now, while not having a real stake in the game, me, from a rooting standpoint, I mean, I think I will be nervous. I, I think I will actually feel nervous, anxious, watching that game because of the pressure that I can feel that is on everyone involved. What did you feel in his last game at Cameron against Carolina? Did Again, you- as I think I told you, I, I didn't even get to watch it because we oh, were in right. L.A. We were going on the air right mm-hmm. after that. We followed them immediately. So I was in the, it's not the Staples Center anymore, Crypto.com Arena getting ready to go on. So, like, I just kept looking up. It wasn't until the game ended, excuse me, it wasn't until our show ended, we were walking off the court. And some a fan just yelled over to me, "Hey, Greeny, Duke got lost." I said, "Duke lost?" Like literally, that's how I reacted. <laughs> was Duke lost? I, I, that, it, it surprised me. So I didn't even get to see it. But this is so much bigger than that. right because because that game makes this game even bigger. Agreed. You know what I mean? It, it it is the perfect storm. Okay, I have to get to this. We have something called the rant of the day. They are who we thought they were. Playoffs? Playoffs? You kidding me? You kidding me? Hello, you play to win. Rant of the day. So rant of the day is something that we have invited our listeners to. If you hear anyone on this radio station, whatever radio station you're listening to me on right now, if you hear one of the hosts just go off on a rant, which I happen to love, then tweet it at us, use the hashtag Greeny or something like that. Somehow make us aware of it. And because I will play them on the air. I like these. The inspiration for this is my friend Don LaGreca. Don LaGreca is probably my oldest friend in New York sports media. We met the first day that Mike and Mike came on our new station, then new station in New York City. 
And Don and I have known each other, and I consider us to be friends for 20 years. He is a mainstay of ESPN Radio New York, particularly in his role on The Michael K Show. And he will go off on rants all the time, right? He will go off on his teams are the Mets and, uh, and the Giants, and he will go off on those teams. Yesterday, he went off on me. On me. Over the most ridiculous thing. So we were talking yesterday about the possibility of Tiger Woods coming back and playing the Masters. And I said, and it's not the first time I've said it, the Masters is my favorite sporting event of the year. And if you told me you were going to take my TV away for 364 days and just let me watch one thing, I would pick Sunday at the Masters. I didn't think it was a hot take. LaGreca lost his mind. Listen, uh, how do you kill somebody for a preference? There you go. Look at you. Mature. Wise. But really? I mean, is that somebody you even want to, like, know? He's entitled to his opinion, but if I never spoke to Greeny again, it would be fun. Oh, oh my. That, hold, that on, hold on, hold not, on, hold on. Why do I want to be associated with somebody that would throw everything away? I mean, think of all the glorious things of sport to basically watch grass. That's what you're doing. All right, I like it when it snows in a football game, but these are people that would step on flowers going to work. All of a sudden, the ma- oh, look at how gorgeous the landscape. They're all a bunch of frauds. And believe me, I wanted to say a word before fraud that actually has the same letter that fraud begins with because that's what these people are trey wingo mike greenberg all of them oh oh, yeah you're gonna throw away the final four the super bowl you know game seven nba finals game seven stanley cup uh, like all the great things we see in sports all the time it was the only thing on television i would run full speed headfirst into my television set wow that's LaGreca going off on me. Now I ask you, I ask you, I'll start with Nuno because you know Don well. I don't know about the if, if Hembo and Bubba do or not. But Nuno, you used to work, right, at ESPN Radio New York. Correct. So you know, you know Don. Did I deserve that? No, the best part about there twice, he, he prefaces by saying, hey, everyone's a- – entitled to the opinion you can't kill him and then he goes and proceeds to kill you for your take which i I love don like i love him too i've had a million terrible takes in my life the one thing that he can't take is that i like the masters like am i alone tell me the truth i believe i am one of many people many i don't know what the percentage is obviously golf isn't as popular as football in this country i don't mean that but I don't think I'm alone in saying the Masters is my favorite sporting event of the year. I think there are a lot of other people who would say that, don't you? Yeah, I think it would be high on the list. I don't think it would be first on the list. I think it'd be high on the list. Right. I'm not pretending it would be first on the list. Golf is a niche sport, right? I mean, the big sports are still what the big sports are. We know what they are, football and basketball, baseball. And, and golf is down the list from that. When Tiger is involved, it moves up the list a little bit from that. But Sunday at the Masters, I think Sunday at the Masters will rate uh, competitively on television, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what rating they generally do on CBS, but I would guess that they get as many viewers for that if it's a compelling Sunday. Like, you know, you never know. One year is better than another. I'll watch it no matter what. But I would guess that the rating they get on that Sunday afternoon is comparable to that of, you know, a playoff game in many other sports. It wouldn't be a football game. I understand that. It wouldn't be game seven of the NBA finals or anything like that. But I would guess as many people watch that as a lot of other things. You have a comparison? I mean, on the 
on the master Sundays in which Tiger has finished high, like the average TV rating is about a 10. So like, that's like you said, not a big football game, but it's like a couple world series games. It's, it's an NBA finals game. It's comparable to that. It's the biggest thing in golf by a long shot. So it's comparable to an NBA finals game or a world series game. That's the company I'm in. Very. Yeah. So how, how in the world did that beget this? It seems that he has an ax to grind. Like he has, he has footing here because I also don't like the idea that they're the only people in the country that mow their lawn. Like I like the drone shots and the azalea shots and like the Nance silky voice. Like it is a little buttery for me too. Oh, so what? Stop so that's, it. it's magnificent. That's what LaGreca is crushing. Get like, out he, of here. The romanticism There's there. Nothing yeah. better than the Masters. Nance, look, all of us were put on this earth to do something. Jim Nance was put on this earth to broadcast the Masters, okay? He's very good at everything. At the Masters, he's perfect. He's literally perfect. Then we go to Vern. He's at 16. He's breathing audibly. You can hear him. You can hear exactly. You can hear him breathing while someone is putting. And I, I say this with love, deep love. I love Vern Lundquist. He's been on my show many times. I love and admire him. The broadcast is spectacular. The azaleas are freaking gorgeous. Gorgeous. Too much. It's too much. I'm a man who has mowed a lawn one and a half times in my entire life. 54 years, I've mowed one lawn one and a half times. I've never mowed any other lawn any times. I mowed my lawn once when we first bought our first house. Stacey and I bought our first house in Connecticut. Uh, 2000. Nikki's not even born yet. We bought a house because we're having a baby. I buy a house. I got a lawn. The people I bought the house from leave me a lawnmower. They teach me how to use it. I go out, I mow my lawn. Looks pretty good. Took me like an hour and a half. And I come in, I'm sweating, and I thought to myself, okay, it's got to be good for about six months. And then like three days later, it's grown back. It's no longer looking good. And I said, three days? That's all I got out of all of that effort? So I said, I guess I better go back there again. I'm about halfway through. I left the lawnmower in its place. I literally left it in the middle of the lawn. I called people. I had them come mow my lawn from that point forward, and I let them take the lawnmower with them. <laughs> I said, do you want that? Because it's just taking up space in my garage. I could use that space any other way. So you don't tell me that they don't do a good job at Augusta. Oh, you, they the do azaleas, a good job. The greens, it's a magical place. It is it's a, a little place redundant. of magic. What? It's a little redundant. No, it's Some not of the redundant. azaleas are it's a spectacular. Redundant. No, I will not have this. There will be, there will be no master's uh, 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 slander. Uh, uh, slander on this program. And LaGreca, I love him, but he couldn't be more wrong. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Greeny, we roll along here. We'll get to who you got in just a couple of minutes. But right now, again, this is where Nuno will pick out a soundbite. And I will react to it. We will all hear it together at the same time. And I can see on my screen, this is a Steven Stamkos power play goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the courtesy is 970 WFLA Lightning Radio. Very quickly, Nuno, why did we select this soundbite? I like the analyst who's working the game. Just listen during the call and just like the ups and downs of this analyst. Okay, here we go. Holds, cuts in front. Couldn't pull the trigger. Got knocked off his stick. Point has it back left circle. Point is checked, but keeps it alive for Sorelli. High slide Stamkos. Stamkos runs it from Kuchar back for Stamkos in front. Score! Stamkos! Oh, that is really good. Now, that announcer is the guy that we legendarily did on Mike and Mike, the guy who's, uh, how does that feel, Kiprasov? What is his name again? Dave Mishkin. Dave Mishkin is the, is the play-by-play guy. But, Nuno, you're right. It's the analyst. We need to know his name because he's, he's so, I just love everything about it. Let's hear it again. Listen to the guy in the background. We'll find out his name because he, he, he does go from the lows to the highs awfully quickly. Holds, cuts in front. Couldn't oh, pull the trigger. missed it. Got knocked off his stick. Point has it back left circle. Point is checked but keeps it alive for Sorelli. High slide Stamkos. Stamkos Why runs you shoot back for Stamkos in front. Score! Stamkos! That is all. Why would you shoot this? I love it. Do we have his name, Noons? Do we know who it is? No, I'm trying to find it. Working on it. it. I like it. Yeah, that's Dave Mishkin. And and he, he, we, I don't know, I say we made him a legend. He made himself a legend. Um, The year they made that run to the Stanley Cup, whatever year that was, we were still on the first studio. So like 2005 or something like that, a very long time ago. Um, But I do like that. I do like the the background sound there. Why would you shoot that? <laughs> um, one of my pet peeves is actually when announcers talk over each other like that. So, but that that was very funny, and the goal obviously punctuates it. But imagine like while Jim Nance is like delivering a crescendo of Romo's like, "Don't throw it there." Right. Like, that's, that's well, I mean, you do get a little of that, you know. And maybe the most famous call in sports broadcasting history, when Al Michaels says, "Do you believe in miracles?" There is a little bit of that talking over him. Whoever was doing the game with him yells, it's over. Like, you can hear it. If we get that cut up there, uh, Nuno, it always sort of, because I hear the same thing you hear, uh it always kind of rubs me wrong. I'm like, no, stay out. Lay out. Let him go. It's Al, for crying out loud. Uh, There's a little bit of it's over when he says, do you believe in miracles? But whatever. It's still the greatest call in the history of sports. So we're not sitting here to complain. And this one is it's just hilarious the way he says that. (laughs) Bubs, I can't hear you. Say it again. We're, We're breaking here for just a very brief moment. We're back in 15 seconds. It is the greatest call in the history of sports broadcasting. It's the most famous for sure. And it was 1980, the miracle on ice. And you will hear, as Al Michaels is delivering the call, there's a little bit of talking over him. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow, up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. 
You hear that? He yells, it's over, right before yes. he says, do you believe in miracles? He kind of gets it in. I'm not sure who that is doing the game with him. I never noticed that before that, though. Yeah. If that was the first time I've noticed that. It, 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 it's just, it gets in there, but they managed, in, in the span of one second, he manages not to actually wow. step on Al saying, do you believe in miracles? I've heard that call hundreds of times. Play it again. That's all you'll hear now. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow, up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Ken Dryden is doing the game with him wow. there, and, and that is... So, again, it's the greatest call ever, and, and I mean, Al is the best ana- one of the best announcers that have ever lived, but it's his, by far his signature, right? And most of his calls don't have a movie made with his call in the title. <laughs> um, so there you have it, but that, that happened right there. One more thing before we do who you got from Bubs, and that is you found this. We were talking earlier today about Carson Wentz and how he just seems to engender a very specific level of animus, and I don't understand it. I, again, I don't know him, and so I, I don't fully get it, but the way these things tend to go, it confused me, and you came across a picture. Tell everybody what it is. On Twitter, this is courtesy of James Ebo. Uh, he's a guest experiences supervisor in Philadelphia, and he tweeted a picture of new graphics at the Eagles quarterback room at the NovaCare complex, and the graphic includes six Eagles quarterbacks. I'll go in reverse chronological order. So that it includes uh, Norm Van Brocklin, Ron Jaworski, Randall Cunningham, Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, and Nick Foles. Those are the six quarterbacks that the Eagles have featured in their quarterback room. See, that really is fascinating. I mean, how long was Vick there? Foles obviously wins a Super Bowl. Jaws was there forever. Randall was there longer, I think, than... Um, and Van Brocklin is Van Brocklin. Uh, the, the point is that is it is noticeable in his absence, right? Michael Vick won 20 games for the Eagles. How many games did Wentz win? Well, he was the standby. He was there for since 2016. Right. For the Eagles, Wentz went, let's see here, 35 and 32. So a lot more. So, so yeah. God, they hate him so much. They hate him so much. That's the point. That's exactly right. Yeah. They, they put Michael Vick on the thing. Like, I'm trying to think, what other Eagles quarterbacks? Michael Vick went to jail. <laughs> he went to jail before he went to Philadelphia. But, yes, it is true. I'm trying to think of any Eagles, other relatively well-known Eagles quarterback that isn't on that. Like, who were they? They had, who were their quarterbacks between, it went, it went Jaws to Randall? It was, was there someone in between those two? And then who was between Randall and McNabb? There, there is no question that if you were doing it based upon merit, and merit alone, Carson Wentz would be among Belong the six quarterbacks. Belong in that. Without question. Yeah. I mean, Nick Foles won the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz's team. My point, you could also make it seven if you wanted to. Like, there's, no, there's no limit. It's, it's not like a paint by numbers. You could have put as many people on it as you want. There is no way that was not done intentionally. Can you call up? I'll do a quick read while you do it. The all-time Eagles quarterbacks and their wins. Ha, ha, who has won more games? Uh, I will remind you that the job search can be a long, frustrating journey. That's why ZipRecruiter's AI does so much of the work for you. They send you jobs you can apply to with one click, and they pitch your profile to employers. Sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. Read me the winningest quarterbacks in Eagles history. you have to just give me another two seconds. Okay, but because I, I have to assume just all-time wins leaders, just because it's an easy way to count them. Jaws is going to be high on that list. Van Brocklin is going to be high on that list. Go ahead. We have McNabb at one. McNabb is one. Jaworski, two. Right. Cunningham, three. Carson Wentz, four. And then after Carson Wentz, it's Norm Sneed, Nick Foles, Michael Vick, Norm Van Brocklin. Now, that was before. They don't, they don't always have quarterback wins all time. Right. But then it's Rodney Pete and Roman Gabriel. Okay. So, so that's it. He's four. Uh, uh, Roman Gabriel. But uh, that, 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 
They are just purposely leaving off Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz set the single-season touchdown record for the Eagles in 2017 and only played in 13 games. They, they, they want no <laughs> representation of him. They want no reminder that he ever played for the franchise. See, that's what I'm talking about. He engenders a very specific animus that goes well beyond what you'd normally get from a player who just didn't play as well as you would want him to. Like, there's history is filled with players who've been run out of towns because they were supposed to be X and they turned out to be Y. There's a million of those guys. This is different. There's something different about him, and I, I don't know what it is, and I'm fascinated by it. So there you have it. That's a perfect illustration of it. All right, one more piece of business before we wrap for today. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? All right, it's Bubba's time to shine. Bubba has put together a series of questions for me. He will give me some binary choices, and I will have to decide who I've got. Bubba, take it away. All right, who you got? Brought to you by Granger, and the week one starter for the 49ers will be blank. Who you got? Well, you went right into that. Like, normally there's a preamble. I was taking a, sw- a swallow <laughs> of water because I was expecting – there to be a little more of a preamble. Uh, we got to go right to it. We You're asking have... me who's going to be the week one starting quarterback for the 49ers? Absolutely. Is there a reason it's not going to be Trey Lance? Are you suggesting it's because Jimmy Garoppolo is still going to be there and he will be the starter? He could be. No, I don't expect that. I, I think that Lance will be the starter. Here's what I think happened. I think Garoppolo would have been traded by now. He had the shoulder surgery. I had a good conversation with Diana Rossini about this off the air the other day. Teams are not as much worried about Garoppolo's shoulder because he won't recover from it as they are the idea that if they're going to go get a new quarterback, they want that quarterback ready for all their offseason stuff, and they can't do it. There will be a team that wants Jimmy Garoppolo and offers the 49ers at some point something in a trade they will, they will not want to turn down. I believe Garoppolo will be traded before the season begins. Why do you look so skeptical? I, mean, I don't mean to hijack who you got, but this is not about... Jimmy Garoppolo. It's about Lance? But Trey Lance, they, they, they traded three first-round picks to go get him with a third pick last year. Right. Is he ready or not? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is, is the bridge. Is, is Trey Lance ready or not? Yeah. But, but what you're – see, what I'd say is if they didn't trade Garoppolo, it might make sense to let him start. The, the, the thinking would be Lance isn't ready, that he needs some more time or more seasoning or whatever, or just the very, the very legitimate argument that when Garoppolo plays, they win. I know I am the leader of the but-he's-bad movement. I understand that. I keep pointing that out. But I could, if he's there, then I give him a 50-50 shot to be the starter. But I don't think he's going to be there. I think he's going to wind up getting traded. The two shoes remaining to be dropped in the quarterback carousel are Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield. Both of them will be on different teams by the time we get to the season. Uh, it's Greeny, and it's who you got with Bubba. What's next? Uh, by the way, we believe the lightning commentator is Phil Esposito. So, Really? He's the one who did that, yeah. The Phil Esposito? The Phil Esposito, yeah. How old he is does, Phil? Uh, he does home games, I, 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 and I, he is uh, 80. Yeah, I'm saying I grew up watching Phil Esposito with the Rangers. Okay. We're trying to confirm good. that he still does it. It looks like he does the home games, okay. and they were home, so... <laughs> All right, fair enough. That would be awesome if it was him. Uh, Anyway, all right, Bubba, go. Yeah, the OT rule has officially been changed in the NFL, but only for the playoffs. Is this the right move? Who you got? Here's what I'll say. I don't want to give you a wishy-washy answer, so I'll give you a strong answer. I am just 
endlessly grateful that they didn't make up something more contrived like the nonsense that is college overtime. Teddy Bruschi, who I admire to the point of fear, I fear Teddy Bruschi, actually said on Get Up the other day, maybe they should just change it to the college. And I was ready to fight him. I'm ready to fight Teddy Bruschi. Teddy Bruschi would pick me up and clean the floor with me, and yet I would fight over a take I disliked that much. I hate the college overtime that much. I like penalty kicks in soccer a 500 times more than I like the overtime in college football. Do I like this change? Look, it will apply every once in a long while. Here's what I will say. The most recent playoff game in the NFL that went to overtime the team that lost the coin toss won. <laughs> like, all, everyone talks about Buffalo. We always change it because something like that happens. They originally changed the rule because Peyton Manning didn't get the ball in an overtime playoff game, and that's when they added, well, you have to score a touchdown. And now Josh Allen didn't get the ball in a playoff game, so they've added, okay, even if you score a touchdown, we're going to let you get the ball back. I, I guess my answer to your question, Bubba, is I can live with it. I don't think we needed it. If you give up a touchdown, you deserve to lose. It's just that simple. So I don't think we needed it, but I'm just grateful that they didn't make it anything more contrived than this. Bubba, what's next? All right, as you were asking the guys today on Get Up, who do you have more confidence in to win the division, Burrow or Herbert? Who you got? See, that's a really tough one. The answer is Burrow, even though I'm a bigger fan of Herbert. Now, let me make it clear. I love Broadway Joe, as I call him. That's who I think he is. Burrow is Namath with the style and the attitude and the swagger, and, and he's terrific. And I just I think he's just the best. But I think Herbert is better. If you told me I could have one or the other guy to be my quarterback right now, I would take Herbert. I think Herbert's going to be the best quarterback in the NFL in two years. But he's in the worst division ever. Like, the best team in Burroughs' division besides his own is Cleveland, and Cleveland's quarterback is going to get suspended for some period of time this year. So the very specific question, who do I have more confidence in to win the division, I think I would say Cincinnati over the Chargers. I also don't like the Chargers coach at all. I have no faith whatsoever in him. So for reasons that are not about the quarterback themselves, I am going to say Burrow over Herbert, Bengals over Chargers. It's Bubba, and who you got? What's next? All right, Robert Kraft is bothered. The Patriots haven't won a playoff game in three years. No. Is this the year that changes? No. Who you got? Absolutely not. Uh, look, here's the bottom line. The Patri- You tell me right now. I'm just going to name teams. All right? Uh, uh, Bubba, I'll do it with you. You you tell me, is this team, Is the, are the Patriots better than this team? Buffalo? No. Okay, so immediately you're fighting for a wild card, right? Right. Are they better than Cincinnati? No. Are they better than Cleveland? Maybe. Are they better than Baltimore? No. Are they better than Tennessee? No. Are they better than Indianapolis? No. Are they better than uh, Kansas City? Unlikely. Are they better than the Chargers? No. Are they better than the, who am I forgetting, the um, the, the Broncos with Russell? Mm, probably not. Are they better than the Raiders? Maybe. All right. I mean, look, that's eight maybes. There aren't that many wild cards. Not looking good, Kraft. Right. If, if, that's my point. If you're if you're assuming they can't win the division, which I am, if Josh Allen doesn't get knocked out for the season, uh, Buffalo is winning that division. They're the best team in the sport. 
So you're fighting with all those teams in the AFC. This is less about how good New England isn't than it is how good everybody else is. Bubba, give me one more. All right, who you got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. And this Saturday is National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day. Mm. Are you pro PB&Js? Who you got? I love peanut butter and jelly, but here's what I will say. Hembo, do you like your peanut butter crunchy or smooth? Smooth. Ha- Nuno, do you like your peanut butter crunchy or smooth? Crunchy. See, you're uh, you're psychotic. I I I, oh. I I I fear. I don't understand well, I people. Think we do that. Do already. you like pulp in your orange juice? No, no pulp. That's what it is. The crunchy peanut butter is the pulpy orange juice. It's Awful. disgusting, disgusting. But I, I like. I you can only have the smooth, smoother than a fresh jar of Skippy, as my friend Bruno Mars would say. So I love a peanut butter and jelly, but only with the smooth peanut butter. What kind of bread? Toasted. Really? Yes, I like the peanut butter and jelly. I like the bread huh. toasted. Give me a little toast, a little nice wheat toast. I put a little peanut butter on one side, put a little uh, raspberry jelly on the other side. Great. Bang. Great. That's great eating. In fact, I'm going to go have one right now. It's been fun today. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you tomorrow. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.